Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! Alright! That was a good one. I hit that note on that one. Fizzle Show! <laughs> this is the Fizzle Show where every Tuesday we publish another conversation about the art and the science of earning your living doing something that you care about. All right, we focus in on a specific area of a topic every single week and we try to give you guys some, uh, we try to give you the insight that you need to actually win that thing, right? Sometimes we're introducing you to ideas you don't know about, sometimes it's things that you maybe have heard about, but we're gonna give you our take on it. Why? Because we've been doing this for a long time. We're a little bit veterans in this world of modern indie entrepreneurship, right? We have Fizzle.co, one of the longest running indie entrepreneurship, teach you how to do things online, membership community things. That's what we do for a living. So we work with hundreds, if not thousands of entrepreneurs at any given time, helping them figure out each step of the way. And you know, one of the things that's different about us is we actually give a damn about how you're doing. You know what I mean? Everybody everybody should say that, but, but uh, you know, I don't know, spend a little time in fizzle.co, you'll see what we're talking about. Speaking of what we're talking about today, we have a whole new brand new topic episode topic that we're talking about. We have a brand new whole one. Corbett, how does that feel to you? It <laughs> seems to make sense. <laughs> a brand new whole one. Brand new whole topic, even though we already talked about it once. Even though we already talked about it once. It's a brand new one. All right. Um, we're going to talk specifically about... Well, we're talking about mastermind groups, okay? One of the things that we know for sure is that if you're in a mastermind group, you're just more likely to make progress faster than if you're not. There are some rules within that, okay? That's kind of what we want to talk about today. What does it take to get your mastermind group to actually be a source of making your business better instead of just like stressing you out about having to meet with those weird people this week again, right? How do we keep our mastermind groups from fizzling out and instead find a mastermind group or make our current mastermind group more powerful, more useful, more, I don't know, more effective at getting us what we want out of building our business. I mean, none of us are starting our businesses because we just want to meet with groups and we want to figure out, like, I really want to start a business because I noticed I wasn't using enough software tools in my life. You know, it's like you didn't start up a business to like have to like, I just wanted to play with MailChimp for some time during the week. That was my goal. Primarily, I would say I have been successful. <laughs> you know, like what we got into this because we want to earn our living doing something we care about. We want to feel alive when we, when we live our lives. We want to feel like we're in control. We want to feel like we, if we want to spend time with our kids, we get to spend time with our kids. If we want to go travel, we get to. We feel like there's like a reason to live. It helps us enjoy everything else in life. And I think your mastermind group can be one of the most powerful things in your arsenal for getting you to a point where your business is earning revenue. And then from that point, getting you to kind of I don't know, how would you explain this, Corbett? Would it be like ratcheting down or just like kind of like, you know how you make a samurai sword or like a steel, like a Japanese steel me. steel blade? You, you, you already lost You me. take the steel and you fold it back on itself and you fold it back on itself. Really? And you fold it back it's on like itself. It's like taffy. Fold it like that amazing knife I got you. Mm. You can see all of the waves yeah. in there. That's folds of the that steel. That knife is so sharp, I'm afraid to use it. <laughs> you need to overcome your fear of that because sharp knives in the kitchen will change everything, but you do have to. That's a whole different level. They teach you, they, they teach you how to use them. They're your 
you're they're your mentor. But like 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 a really really nice Japanese blade, you fold the steel and fold the steel and fold the steel, hammering it down, hammering it down, hammering it down. Every time you're making your, it's making the blade stronger and stronger. This is what no matter what stage of business you're at, this is what we all need. This we all need this all the time because business is kind of like kind of like a shark, like it has to keep moving, right? You know, now I've got like nine metaphors on the yeah, table. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm still digesting the last one. I think if I can, if I can try to wrap that last one up with a bow. I think what you're saying yes. is a mastermind group. Yeah, like a lot of practices, like journaling yeah. and other things, yeah. is the is important because of the pattern that it gets you into. Yeah, and the habits it can help you. Yeah. And, and maybe even more so than journaling and anything else, because like I was talking to a fizzler, David, the other day, and he said it was my mastermind group. And because they forced me to say some things out loud and we were all forcing each other to say some things out loud and they were honest without being just complete jerks. Mm-hmm. Right. And because of that, and that's why we chose each other to be in this mastermind group. Cause we all knew we needed that kind of thing. Yep. That's when everything changed in my business. Cause I said a thing, I committed to something in front of other people like, and it wasn't just their seeing of it. It's like, they're the ones who made me articulate it. Right. And they, and that, and that made me realize I wanted it. And then not only that, but doing that on a regular basis. Regular basis. Yeah. So then it's, then it's like, I don't know, you're like co-journeying with someone. You know how big of a deal it is for someone to face their fears this way. And you're really rooting for them. And to have that kind of support is massive when you're facing your fears and stuff like that. Anyways, we should welcome to the conversation, Steph Crowder. Hi, Steph. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Steph Crowder, who will be leading our show today. <laughs> Once the two of us uh, jerks get t- out of the way. <laughs> two of us yak off, stop take, talking. I was just taking in the analogies. I really like a good analogy, but I was uh, you lost me on like the third one. So Yeah, well, listen, you got to poke the shark with the folded blade, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I want to get up on stage and just make that one of my like Jim Rohnisms. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, I'm not going to stand here and say that there's no boogaboos in your bonnet, baby. All right? But sometimes you got to poke the shark with a folded blade. <laughs> And then, and then you get people to chant it back, right? Yeah. yeah. You, sometimes poke you gotta poke, poke the shark, poke the shark. I can really see myself doing that as a character. Instead of doing stand up, I'll just actually just get do a motivational real deals, character. motivational yeah. speaker, like things at like real estate conferences and things, and just be like, you know what, you guys, <laughs> I can do it for real. It's just, I think a lot of us in here, we're settling for too little, aren't we? We are settling. Look at you. I can barely stand looking at you. And you see these people getting into it. Uh, anyways, that'd oh. be sad. I think that would probably crush my soul. Then you would start crying. That would start crushing my soul. All right. All right, Steph. So tell us where you want us to go and where we're starting. I don't know. How do we do on the introduction to the topic as you see it? <laughs> I'm going to try and follow that. I'm going to reset. Okay. So, all right. So I think where you guys started with before we got to the whole knife piece was mm-hmm. about the successful end of masterminds, right? You talked about some of the reasons why we believe and many, many other probably, I would venture to guess that most people, the vast majority of people listening to this episode have heard from some expert on the internet that they should be in a mastermind group. They, this is not news for the most part, I yeah. think, right? So I thought it might be interesting. And, and of course, we, we agree with that advice. And we've written an article about that. Um, I believe we've, we've spoken about it on the show before. So we've covered some of the reasons why we believe and actually all of us have personal experience with how mastermind groups can really accelerate your growth. So we've talked a lot about, you know, 
I guess the, the sales pitch of why you should be in a mastermind group. Maybe what we haven't focused on as much or something that I'm really interested in talking about is this idea of how to create a fail-proof mastermind group. Because as exciting and helpful and um, camaraderie driven a mastermind group can be many, many, many of them fail. In fact, I bet more of them fail than succeed and have longevity over the course of more than like six months or something. So I became really interested in, and for people listening, there's a chance that you know that inside of Fizzle in our membership community, we are experimenting with doing a mastermind uh, matching sort of service. And mm. that's closed right now for people. We're going to hopefully launch it again in the future. So sorry, if, if you're interested in that, there might be a chance again down the road. But as we are exploring this ourselves, you know, behind the scenes in our business, uh, we also posed this question to people in our community at Fizzle. We have a forum where there are a bunch of entrepreneurs discussing awesome stuff every single day. So I asked the question to, to these people, what do you guys think makes a mastermind group successful? And I was especially interested in hearing from people whose groups had failed. I have been in a group mm. that has failed. I think at least one of you guys has been in a group that's failed before. You've moved on from a, a group. So I thought it'd be really interesting to talk about, I've kind of like collated or collected four things that I see to be, and they were thematic in our forums and al also sort of conducive to my own experience, four big pitfalls that I think sort of encompass how a mastermind group could go wrong so that if people out there are interested in a group or maybe they've been, this is actually the case in our forums. People have been burnt by groups before and are actually hesitant to like dust themselves off and find a new one. They're interested in the benefits, the accountability, the community, but they don't want their group to fail. I thought it would be really interesting to explore where these, where these things tend to go off the rails. Let's, um, before we jump into that, Steph, I'd love to define failure briefly, mm -hmm. because I, I think there are different levels of failure in terms of mm -hmm. mastermind groups. In several cases, we heard from people who said something along the lines of the following, which is when the mastermind worked, it was the best thing to happen to my business. Yes, mm. definitely. Mm. And I think there are, we can just, just roughly define failure at, in two kinds. There are the kinds of mastermind groups that never get off the ground. Right. Or, you know, they they flounder quickly within a month or two. Um, and then there are others that sort of fade eventually after a year. And to me, that's not a failure. If you got into a group and it it dissolved after a year or two years or something, but while it was working, it was literally the best thing that happened to your business for a year. That's a success in my book. Yeah. And I think there are some things you can do to extend the success of that mastermind group beyond a year. But I still, I think I, I would be encouraged by that. And to say, even if you have to go join another group and try to rekindle that with other people, that's sort of part of the cycle. That, that's been my experience as well. I've been in groups for 18 months or so, a couple of times that eventually faded, but I still got such tremendous value from it that I'm really glad I was part of those. Mm -hmm. I think that's mm. a great distinction, especially because, yeah, the word that was kind of coming to my mind as you were speaking just now, Corbett, is is like graduating out of a group. I think mm -hmm. that there were definitely some examples from our fizzlers and our community who were talking about certain people or even themselves kind of graduated out of a group. And that's awesome. That might mean that the group was so effective that uh, it kind of just made sense to go your separate ways or people start growing at different rates. So yes, I think that's a very, very important distinction that eventually it's probably you know, your group might fade or you might decide to not meet anymore. But I think what we're focusing on is the type of group that doesn't make it past the first few meetings or just never really kind of gets that like cohesiveness or that stickiness that get it to the point 
where, like you said, it's the best thing that can happen to your business. Mm. Yeah. What else? What so, else? Okay. I'm just like, yeah, I'm in it because, you know, <laughs> full disclosure for me, I've never really been in a formal mastermind group. Yeah. Uh, You've I been mean, on like a Slack group. With, I have a Slack group yeah. with, but it like, it's like I'm seeing fizzlers in the forums kind of say, you know, our mastermind group sort of devolved into more of like a catch up. Like we get mm-hmm. together and just like catch up with each other. Yeah. yeah. For the most part, that's all that group is for me. And I'm not entirely sure if I want to change it to that, though. Yeah. I do like some, I, I would, I think we're getting to the point now where it's like, all right, let's, we can be really powerful voices in each other's lives and it, it because of the the nature of our relationships so if we brought on a little bit of formal actual agreement with each other yeah. and that kind of regular meeting well and uh also to be fair you and Steph and I have a built-in mastermind group yeah. that's right because we work together and we we meet yeah. regularly every monday for approximately an hour to an hour and a half yeah and corbett and, slave drives us and it's it's <laughs> it's similar to a mastermind group in a lot of ways in terms yeah. of how we organize our week yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will Corbett say, though, does not slave drive us. No. By the way, everybody, I had someone I say I gently nudge. I had someone say, you know, Chase, I thought you were uh, like you were more of like a part of driving the ship. It sounds like Corbett's the only driving the ship. <laughs> Corbett, would you just tell everybody that like I am the creative firepower of Fizzle, just so that everybody knows that? Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's pretty much just I <laughs> I try to put the bumpers out on the bowling lane before every meeting. Yeah, that's my job. That's right. That's right. Corbett. And then you're throwing the balls. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Okay, keep going, Steph. So yeah, I was just going to add to the mix that yes, I think for us, our you know our team is a mastermind. But even right now, just for people who are listening to know, and maybe this is what this is probably I can't remember why I'm the one guiding this conversation. Maybe this is why I have recently joined a new mastermind group myself, and I think most people listening probably know that I kicked off a new podcast called Courage and Clarity uh, in January. So I am in a podcasting mastermind group with a few other female entrepreneurs who are all podcasting about different topics. So this is, and this group's actually kicked off really well and is off to a really good start. Before that, a couple, maybe a year or two ago, I was in a group that really never gelled. So it was really interesting for me to kind of put together and thinking through what we what we were going to talk about here today. I kind of had those two experiences um, up against each other in my mind. So that'll be, I'll try to share some insights from those two experiences too, for people out there who haven't, who have not been in one that failed as well as one that yeah. has been successful. Okay. So before we get into these specific pitfalls of, of, uh, of the mastermind groups, let me, let me read our sponsor from today, which is FreshBooks. And FreshBooks is small business accounting software designed for small businesses, especially for all you freelancers out there. I know there's a lot of you listening. It helps millions of service-based business owners make everyday invoicing and accounting easy, fast, and secure. Now, FreshBooks' main thing is invoicing, but they also do other stuff like expense tracking. FreshBooks can keep track of your expenses and they make that ridiculously simple. No more boxes full of receipts. So freelancers, if that sounds like music to your ears, you've got to check out FreshBooks. If you don't use a tool like it already, you're going to like it. And they're offering you free 30-day totally unrestricted use of FreshBooks. All you have to do is you go to freshbooks.com slash fizzle and you enter fizzle in the how did you hear about us section. Our thanks to FreshBooks for supporting independent business and the fizzle show. Okay, Steph, back to you. Okay, guys. So shall we get into the biggest pitfalls and talk about them a little bit? (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> still clearing my throat. <laughs> yes. I'll take that as a yes. Okay. Emphatic. All right, cool. So like I said, guys, I was kind of trying to pull together the biggest pitfalls or the big, I think the biggest areas are like the most air, like mistake prone pieces of mastermind groups based on my experience, based on some of the research we've done in putting together that mastermind matching that I mentioned, as well as the exciting and actually very vibrant conversation that took place in the fizzle forums about mastermind groups. So the first one, and there are four of them, curious to hear if you, if there's anything that I missed, but these were the big four that just kept popping up over and over again in the responses uh, from our community. So as far as pitfalls or the biggest areas that are likely to go off the rails kind of from the very beginning, if your mastermind really never gets off the ground, the first one is the wrong individuals. Okay. So wrong people in your group. And by wrong, maybe that's the wrong word, but sort of just like mismatch. It's just not a fit. It's not a fit. Incompatible. This is what's kept me out of a mastermind group up till now in a formal capacity, basically. Right. Is like, I'm like, eh, I can't, I don't know the people in my life already is what I've felt Mm -hmm. to do this kind of like, kind of, it's like a different thing. It's not a friendship thing. You know, it's like a different sort of thing. I don't know those people already. And those who I know who are those who I know of, or could possibly find, I don't know if it'd be a fit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we would really vibe together in that, right? So, so that's a really good point because that, this is probably the number one thing holding people back, just like you, Chase, where it's sort of yeah. like, you know, it's always, ner- all of us, I think, have nerves around getting to know new people and, and you know, ent- basically walking into a virtual room of strangers is never comfortable. So this might be the thing holding you back where you're like, what if the people I'm with aren't even going to push me forward and I'm going to sink all this time uh, into a group where I don't, you know, how do I know I can really rely on these people to to get me any further than I already am. I think that's a totally fair question that that pops up for people when they're trying to, or when they're considering a mastermind group. So this was the first one I thought we'd talk about is just sort of like the wrong mix of people. Um, And I'd love to get into some criteria for choosing a group because I think this is one of the big certainly one of the big questions that I field over in our community. I get a lot of emails and messages from people who tell me, Steph, I'm so interested in a mastermind group, but I have no idea how to find the right people. Like who should be in my group? Should it be in the same time zone? Should it be in person? There are so many questions around the correct or the best criteria for putting together a group of people that are going to have the right chemistry and also be, I think, qualified to help each other out. So Corbett, I would love to pitch it to you because like I said, we, you know, we are putting together this mastermind service for our community and Corbett, you did a lot of research and had some conversations about, um, you know, you just have some insight into how to do this. So can you kind of share with us what you gained from looking into this, having conversations with people who have that experience and how maybe even a little bit of insight into how we are matching people with this brand new service that we're offering? Yeah. So, uh, we learned a a bunch of things and, and that came from a survey that we ran to our audience. It came from talking with people through Fizzle Mastermind or Fizzle uh, Catch-Up Calls, seeing what people are writing in the forums. And uh, also I talked with a couple of people who run services that match people into mastermind groups and sort of compiled all of that along with our experiences individually, yours and mine, Steph, in mm-hmm. being in mastermind groups. And one of the things, so we came up with a number of criteria that we believe matter most in building a successful mastermind group. And the first one is around stage of business. This is making sure that the people that you're in a group with are um, at a similar point in their business. And that's because uh, if you're in a group with people that have dramatically less experience with you, 
then it can feel like you are being more of a mentor than a peer in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, you just want to be in a group where you're able to learn from people who are making breakthroughs uh, that you need to be making at the same time. And it also lends itself to really great discussion. So in the program that we're putting together, we are trying to, first of all, match people based on the stage of business that they're in. Mm. So let's talk a little bit more about stage of business, because this was one thing that I pulled. This is a little quote that I pulled from the conversation in our, in our fizzle forums. But Melissa, who participated in the conversation said, we're all at similar points in our journey. So no one person is demanding the spotlight or needing more help than the others. My mastermind feels like my happy place. And I just thought that was such a great quote that uh, for me sort of, I don't know, summarizes what it's like to be in a great group because you said it quite well, Corbett, which was that if you're way ahead of somebody, you end up feeling like a mentor. And if you're new, you kind of feel like this tiny fish in a big pond and that like you don't really have a proper seat at the table. So right. for people out there who are putting together their own group or they've wanted, they're, they're wondering how to find the right people, what are some of the markers that they can use to figure out, am I in the same stage with other people? Mm, yeah. Yeah, so I... It can be um, a sensitive subject, I think, in some ways, because you're probably not going to just outright ask people for a bunch of metrics. Yeah, yeah. We have a little bit of an unfair advantage because people are sending us uh, privately yeah. their metrics. So we're asking literally, how much revenue does your business earn? Uh, if you've started any businesses in the past, how far along did they get? How many email subscribers, if that's how, a part of your business? Right. Uh, and... From those, we we developed just a composite score, basically, to give us an idea of what stage people are at in their business and what sort of prior experience they might have. Because it's like there's where they're at in their business. That's the stage. Now, there are some people, no matter what stage they're at, they're going to be like really good members of the team. Like yeah, they, because, right. because sure. what, what's really, what's really effective as a mastermind is like Corbett said, he's going to do this, even though I'm 10 steps behind him, Corbett, how did you do on this? Like right. one of the most effective things is Corbett and just having to say out loud and articulate his thoughts. Like, well, here's where I think I want to be in five years, you right, know? Right. And I, so I, I do think there are some aspects of a mastermind group that lend themselves to be useful regardless of what yeah. stage you're in. But just only if that person's self-aware enough to go to like not pretend they're further along or, or something like that. Yeah. It can also be a cause of, of problem. So anyways, I was just saying like, like where you are in your business, then ambition level. So that, so that's a separate, a separate, separate thing. Criteria. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. You want to talk about that later or, or oh, I don't know. I was letting Steph guide the, well, I was, I was just going to put my shark in the, in the mix here <laughs> no, because I think, I think it's important to think about, you know, the, you, Steph, you're like kind of asking like, how do we get the right cast of characters exactly. into our, into our thing? Right. Yeah. So it, it, I think it'd be good to just like quickly just jump off high level. Three categories we could look at are, you know, where you are in your business or at what stage of business you're at. What's your ambition level? Is this just like I'm, I have two hours a week and I'm just, I do what I can on it. Right. Uh, or is it like every single day? And then also, what was the third one? And then um, uh, just availability. Like sometimes yeah. availability is like just this hard, like line in the sand. Like, well, we have no times that we're available around each other, you know? Right, right. So that's a, that's a constraint. Yeah. Um, and then there are also lifestyle factors. We ask people, mm. uh, you know, are you married? Do you travel a lot? Yeah. Uh, do, do you have children at home? Are you in school still? Because getting in groups with someone like that who might might have similar vibes with yeah. you can be helpful. Those are things that yeah. you look at secondarily, but it, it can be really hard to find a group of four or five or six people yeah. who match on every different sure. front. Yeah. So really the big ones for us were stage that people are at in business mm -hmm. 
level of dedication, we called it, yeah. or ambition. Uh-huh. And to suss that out, we asked like, how many hours do you spend yeah. on your business yeah. in a week? Uh, and do you have a day job or mm-hmm. not? Those things can be pretty useful. And then time zone or availability, those three were the primary criteria. And then we look secondarily to what kind of business you're running, what target audience are you going after? Yeah. We had uh, like 25 or 26 questions that we asked. Yeah. So you're talking about like a kind of business, meaning are you a blogger? Are you a podcaster? Or are you a physical product maker? Are you being in sometimes, you know, and to be honest though, like I think it needs to be said and needs to be said like really, really loudly that even if the people in your business or in your mastermind group are very, very different and have very, very different like businesses and may even be at different levels, there's a, still a, a good possibility they can be a great mastermind partner for you if you have like a if you have a solid sort of format for your mastermind group mm-hmm. right and if that, there's like yep that's coming up next we're gonna get okay. into format next but, but i yeah, stay uh, chase stop jumping around so you're, getting, you're getting ahead i'm trying I'm to fold the steel but it keeps poking the shark <laughs> I'm going to try to get that to stick. Oh, man. By the way, I heard a new one for uh, crapping in tall cotton. Mm. Farting in silk trousers. <laughs> We're not going to keep that one. Come on. <laughs> no, that, that I one. tell you what would be great. I mean, if we could get about two more of these two by sixes in here at about this heart, we, we'd be farting in silk trousers. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like that. Um, uh, but anyways, I do think I do want to say that because in some ways it's just so effective to have someone asking you every single week, what did you say you were going to do last week? And, and, and like, here's what, you know, but there is, cause I think maybe that's something that can be said is like, there's the difference between what's almost like an accountability group or a functioning sort of, and then this, there's a separate thing that can happen where a mastermind group can turn into like lifelong friends like lifelong connections yes and and you want to feel like there's some parity in terms of what you're giving and receiving yeah yeah the group yeah and so that's where stage of business matters sometimes yeah because you know you can't be in i mean i would never allow my even if someone was grossly like like uh further or not as far as me in a mastermind group if i felt like like i wasn't getting out of it what i wanted Mm mm-hmm I would, you gotta get, you gotta leave that group basically or feel, change the format somehow. Yeah. There's also a factor of having to feel as though you can trust these people and respect Definitely. them. Yeah. 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 And yeah. that's a tough one. Yeah. Because mm. I think that the, the, you know, I was going to say the right group, but that doesn't really feel like the right turn of phrase, but a great group, let's say like a, a really successful group, they are going to start to feel like your board of advisors, sort of mm-hmm. like your advisory committee or your, you know, your, your people that you are able to take questions to. And this is how our group has started. My, my group that is starting to work now that we've been meeting for a few months, we have a little Facebook group together. And in between our meetings, we meet every two weeks. We're in a little like private Facebook group where we can ask each other questions. And yeah. it was a group that started for podcasting. And now we're asking each other more broad business questions. So there's definitely definitely an element of trust there. So that kind of leads me into one thing that I feel like I just want to make sure we underscore about getting the right mix of people. So Corbett talked about having the similarity of stage is kind of, you know, something that we've seen to be really important, something that we're kind of betting on that if you're, if you can get a group of people together that are roughly in the same stage, another thing I would offer for people, since like Corbett said, it can kind of be hard to get a gauge on this because you're not necessarily going to ask people, Hey, how much, 
money are you making from your business? And we had that benefit of the survey, but making sure that you have some commonality between your group members, I think is really the key. So even if you're at slightly different levels, so in particular, I'm thinking of the group that I'm in now where we are all podcasters. That's really interesting Mm -hmm. because we are all in different circumstances. We have um, Hillary Hendershot, who's in personal finance. We have Megan Hale, who's in love and relationships. We have Emily Williams and Abigail Pumphrey of Think Creative Collective, who are more, they have the Strategy Hour podcast, which is more business strategy. And then we have me of Courage and Clarity and The Fizzle Show. So total different subject areas and certainly slightly different levels of uh, progress or I guess length of business experience, but all podcasters who kind of started roughly around the same time in podcasting. So even if you can't get a feel for where you are business stage wise, I think there was someone in our forum conversation who said they were all bloggers. You know, they all had different topics, but they were all really trying to grow a blog. So if you have something, some common goal that you can kind of rally around, because then you start to trade like you start to trade insight, which is really interesting. And this is happening in our group. We'll say, hey guys, like how did you approach sponsors and things like that? Questions that would be relevant to the whole group, even if you're at different stages. So that I think that's really maybe the takeaway for me from this whole like getting the right cast of characters things is just having something really big and common that everybody can rally around. Yeah, totally. So what I'm hearing you say is like, and just to like reiterate this before we move on, like your mastermind group can consist of a lot of different kinds of people about a, around a lot of different kinds of categories, like we were talking about ambition level, experience level, you know, just availability or whatever as well. Um, they can, you can probably get good results from a lot of things as long as there is trust and respect that can grow with the, and you feel like you're getting what you need to out of it. And that a lot of times if you are equally match or, or, you know, as my pastor friends would say, if you're equally yoked, if y'all are equally yoked in that mastermind group, what you're going to find, you know, yoke is what they put on the oxen, right? And if one oxen is very much stronger than the other, well, then they're not equally yoked. And every, every farmer with the salt knows that that's going to break your yoke. And you don't want that running yoke everywhere. Exactly. All right. So, <laughs> tr- yes, trust and respect, definitely, but also something big in common, I would say, whether it's business stage or perhaps it's, you know, uh, the platform that you're using, blogging, podcasting, a similar goal that everyone can kind of rally around, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really well said. Okay, cool. What's the next one? Okay, so this is where, Chase, you were wanting to jump into format. That's what we're going to get into next. Having the wrong format or even maybe saying that, you know, if you have no format. So I think a lack of organization, let's say that your group is meeting for 60 minutes every two weeks, which is, I think, pretty typical. This would be not having any balance, not having having a real game plan for what's going to happen during the meeting itself. So that time when you get together, of course, we just talked about in the first one, having the right mix of people. It's really, really hard to find a time that everybody can commit to every two weeks. That was a big thing that came up in our forum conversation was that, you know, finding a time that everybody in different time zones can commit to. So once you find that, it's a real shame and a real, I think, morale killer if that 60 minutes isn't useful or isn't maximized. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to make sure that the content of that 60 minutes, it kind of needs to be somewhat tightly managed and tightly run. And there's definitely some conversation in our community about the role that maybe a moderator or an organizer plays in keeping things off track. Because when you have four, five, six people, especially entrepreneurs who are you know, uh, tend to be like outspoken and will take all the time just because they're chatty. All of a sudden that 60 minutes is over and nothing happened. So having no format or not having 
a good format, I think is one of the number one things that can take a mastermind group off track. Mm, yeah. Okay. So what kind of things need to be in the format of a mastermind group? Sounds okay. like there's, there's a lot of options I can imagine. Yeah. You know, you guys start with trust falls. What if it's virtual? <laughs> you know, these are my first two questions. <laughs> so yeah. And, and here's, l- let me share with you guys, uh, you know, I think the common or the most, these are like the the commonalities that I've seen. There are a lot of people in our forum were describing their mastermind group, their successful mastermind group. And it seemed to have these kind of things in common. And Corbett and I have talked about this too. And it feels like we were really pretty much dead on in terms of what our favorite groups have done. So it's some version in our experience, successful groups do some version of like an around the horn kind of check-in. Uh, our group, we call it highs and lows. So like what went, what went well last week, what didn't go so well or in the past two weeks. So some kind of check-in where everybody gets like a mini, just kind of has the floor for a couple minutes, not nothing crazy. So some kind of round the horn is the first one. The sec- Then secondly, and this is typically the bulk of the meeting is some sort of hot seat format. Some groups do a shared hot seat where two people, like one per- person might go for, you know, 20 minutes and then another person for 20 minutes. Other groups, you get one big, long hot seat for 45 minutes. Where And, and a hot seat meaning it's business strategy. It's everybody in the group really going deep on something about that person's business. Uh, then it's commitment. So whether you were in the hot seat or not, every single person in the group, and this is this goes back to the accountability piece we were talking about. I think this is probably the number one thing, you know, in terms of the importance of having this being part of your group is a commitment where people are saying out loud, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. This is what I want to get done in the next uh, you know, two weeks before we meet capturing that, saying it out loud, having that be validated, and then staying connected between the meetings. This is another big thing that came up for people, whether that's Slack, Facebook, some means of communicating in between the meetings so that when little questions pop up, you have that sort of board of advisors that I mentioned before. So in summary, it seems like successful groups do some version of an around the horn check-in, a hot seat, weekly commitments or commitments until next time, and then staying connected between the meetings. So I don't know. I'd be curious for your guys' reaction on that. Like I said, I know Corbett and I have talked about how we this has kind of been our experience. But do you guys have any experience of bad formats or, you know, being part of a, a group or something like some kind of accountability group where it just didn't work? I think the first thing that comes to mind is just a lack of structure mm. where it just basically devolves into a chit chat yeah. uh, session um, or where certain personalities end up controlling the conversation from week to week to week mm-hmm. because there's no uh, handoff between, you know, who, yeah. gets, who gets to go when. I've been in groups where the hot seat was actually equally divided every week because we only had three people in a group. Uh-huh. So we each just took about 15 minutes yeah. to have a hot seat. And naturally what would happen is you wouldn't necessarily have some burning issue that you needed to bring up every week. So somebody would, you know, be able to take more time. You You would go and say, well, you know, that's all I have. And it was five minutes. So then somebody else would be able to take more time. Um, so I think there's flexibility there in terms of the hot seat and what makes sense. Mm. We were talking about groups, group size, and some groups are three, some are two. I've actually been in one with just one other person for a long time and that worked pretty well. Um, but you know, groups are anywhere from two to sometimes I think 10 or up, but generally we're talking about groups between three and five or three and six people. And you might need to adjust the format based on the size of your group and Mm. something might make sense for your your group for some reason or another. It also would depend on how frequently you're meeting. If you're only meeting every two weeks and you have six people in your group, 
then uh, Steph was bringing up, well, if only one person has a hot seat, then you're not going to get to go except once a quarter, yeah. which is a long time in between. So in that case, I'd say it'd make a lot more sense to have, you know, at least two people on the hot seat each time you meet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as you talk about being on a hot seat, which is one other person, Corbett, I just have to bring it up. You know, your commitment, first and foremost, is to God and second of all, to your wife, to your bride. Right. So when, so when you're, when you're all alone, (laughs) when you're all alone with this other person, I just, I just want you to be really considerate about whether you're not having emotional vulnerability. That's a good point. You know, that's a good point. You know, Daniel did not walk into the lion's den. You know what I mean? It's a smart man does not do that. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I was able to, (laughs) yeah, I came out. Okay. That's great. I, I mean, it, Blesses me to hear it, but you know, I just, for all those listeners thinking about just getting in with a, with a sweetheart on the hot seat, you know what I mean? Sometimes that heat can get too hot. Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was totally going to go somewhere else. And uh, now I can't, I don't think I can say. No, you have to, you have to, we have to be able to roll back with those. Otherwise people are just going to completely stop allowing me to speak, you know? (laughs) Yeah, but what Corey was saying, he's been into a lot of different groups that, that are different sizes, you know? I love that you've been in, like, you just had, like, a meeting with literally one other person. Yeah, honestly. Hey, Sam. Yeah. It was freaking great. I bet it was. Yeah. And your relationship was really just for that. Uh-huh. No, no, no. We had uh, another relationship. But. You, you had a friend, a friendship kind yes. of quality as yes. well. Uh, that, that'd be interesting to do. Because yeah. one of the things that's attractive to me about the mastermind groups is this sense of, like, you know, I, I don't really care how your kids are. Hey you man, know what I mean? you know, I mean, honestly, I think a lot of people, uh, end up not forming mastermind groups for all kinds of reasons, but the main one is it's really hard to find a group of, you know, three or four or five other yeah. people who are at similar stages who are available at certain times of day. And why not just start a group with one other person? If that's yeah. all you can do, it's better than nothing. You get a ton of value yeah. out of just showing up every week and having to articulate out loud yeah. what you've been working on, what went That's well, huge. what didn't go well, get feedback from somebody and then commit to doing something over the next week. Now you have mentioned like group size as, as high as six, seems like six, more than six would be just like, that's just too much. The more people you have in the group, there's this potential for getting insights, experience uh-huh. and uh, from people, from more minds. Yeah. There's a little more of a, of a hive mind that can be beneficial to you. Right. There's also a drawback to that, a time investment in that, that it, like they can, they can take longer. I think mm-hmm. it means that you get to spend less time actually yeah. expressing yourself and, yeah. and soliciting feedback. Um, and it also means that you don't get to know each person yeah. necessarily as well as you would if it was a smaller group. Uh, uh, well, over time you probably would, but but yeah. it would take quite a long time. But some to of do these that. really big um, business groups like YPO or Vistage, yeah. these organizations yeah. that we've talked about, yeah. their group size 15. is like 12 or 15. Yeah. And, and they only get together once a month in person, but they do it for like a whole day or half yeah, day. Yeah, they do it like a whole day. So if you're inf- unfamiliar with that, there's like these professional, like CEO level mastermind groups effectively. My dad works for Vistage, and uh, I love that. That's such like a like a I don't know I don't know. My dad works for Vistage or whatever. <laughs> like it just feels no like big whoop. <laughs> like it's like dripping with like SoCal entitlement or something like that. I don't know. My dad works at Rip Curl. Like, but but uh, I've been to one of his groups, you know, and it's like sometimes they'll have speakers come in. Like every like I think once a quarter they have speaker come in, and and it's like normally it's like two day thing. Like the first day is all about uh, first day in the 
the month is all about, you know, the, the each of the people in the group. They get they figure out everything on each of the people in the group. And then the second day they'll have a speaker and the speaker's like all day long. Mm. You know, it's the whole afternoon or something. Yeah. Um on on whatever. But anyways, twelve to fifteen is a ton, right. but they're committing a lot of time to each other because there's like there's a billion dollar business at stake for almost everybody at that table. Right. You know? So uh, not to muddy the waters here too much, because I, I think you can make an argument that there are all kinds of group sizes and formats that work. The point is, and I think what Steph was getting to earlier is you need to have structure. The one constant between all of these, I think that doesn't, that, that makes a mastermind group not work is when a group doesn't have structure. So pick a format, Steph has a great suggested one. We're we're giving people guidance that are forming these groups inside of Fizzle to follow ba the basic format that she mentioned, which is you spend the first 10 minutes going over what worked and didn't work for your business. The next like biggest chunk of the meeting is reserved for uh, the hot seat, whether that be one person or two people or everybody in the group. Uh, just make sure that you have a structure and stick to it. And then at the end, you wrap it up with uh, commitments that people are making for the following week. All right. So just to recap really quick, right? So, so far we have wrong individuals or the wrong mix of people, not the best match was the first one. The second one was wrong or bad format or maybe format list. So just not having enough organization. Now, the third one is no accountability. We've kind of hinted at this throughout our conversation so far, but I think since this is probably the number one reason that most people are joining mastermind groups in the first place is for that accountability. If you're not getting it from the group, I think that would definitely be cause for considering it not, you know, not what you expected it to be, or maybe even a failure because the whole point of being in a mastermind group is to help you make progress faster than you would have on your own. So what that means is we've got to have accountability built into it. And, you know, I think what for, for most groups, what that looks like is committing to something really solid at the end of every meeting and having that captured somewhere. So I think from my observations, the best groups or groups that are successful tend to put it in writing and maybe post it. We mentioned that a lot of successful groups use something like Slack or Facebook groups or some kind of channel for communicating in between their meetings. So having people verbalize what they commit to completing or tackling before the next meeting and then having it in writing published somewhere for everybody else in the group to see tends to be, I think, an accelerator for people actually saying, oh crap, okay, I put it out there that I was going to do this thing that I, you know, otherwise I'm kind of nervous to do. Now people are watching me and they're going to ask about it and it's going to be read out loud next time we meet. I need to actually make progress on that. So that's the ideal situation. On the flip side, if there isn't that accountability, if you kind of just end the meeting by saying, okay, great, thanks, see you next time, you might not have that same urgency in terms of you know actually doing the things that you need to do in order to keep going. So this seems to be, I think, a really big one. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, have you, I don't know, do, do you think that this is as important as I do? Because to me, I feel like this might be like the linchpin of what makes a mastermind group as powerful as it can possibly be. Well, let me go. Let me try to re even evaluate your term of, of, of accountability, because I think in some ways, another way to say this might be you're getting something clearly valuable out yeah. of it. Right. right. And, and I think we're kind of going one step further and saying like pretty much the most valuable thing that a mastermind group can get you. This is the reason why they are so valuable is they show you just how prone you are to be playing business. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like one of the things that I know about me is I've never joined a mastermind group because I don't mind just playing business to some degree. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want it to feel too painful. Like I don't yeah. really want yeah. the pain. Wow, that's you know, some self awareness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's some really self awareness. Yeah, but it's like I don't mind. Uh, like, uh, like just the playing of it is like, well, I'm getting enough success this way. Yeah, I'm not, and and I like the discovery of things right. so much that I don't want to just go like, well, if I don't get to this number, then I'm, you know, I, so I just I don't want that focus that hard, right? Yeah. But most people need exactly that thing. Yeah, you I know. Think, I think this this point that Steph is making is the equivalent of forcing yourself to work with a personal trainer. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because if if you don't have the accountability built in and you're just showing up to chit chat, yeah. then you are, you're just taking time up and, yeah. and maybe it's fun, but it's probably not driving your business forward in the way that you yeah. like. You know, and as, as you say that, I, it makes me think like, well, working with a training partner or, or a, a, a personal trainer, buddy even, working yeah. with a personal trainer. Uh, obviously, we're in more of a mentor-mentee relationship there than a than like, more like a, peer. a gym buddy. Though, yeah, you know? yeah, or like even a gym buddy. That's fun. Which, I look at that and I go, "That's focused fun." Which I've I've had a gym buddy before for a couple of years, and I made the most progress. The most progress mm-hmm. was in the best shape. Hands down. Okay, so that sounds like focused fun to me, more so than a mastermind group, typically, right? I think there's a lot of people who haven't joined fast ma- mastermind groups because they feel like, ugh. So what it's showing me is, I bet there's more fun to be had in mastermind groups than I currently know about. I sure. think so, yeah. Right? Yeah. right? Like the, the kind of camaraderie, the kind of friendliness, the, the, the just like, I don't know, being in the same room with the same people who have similar dreams as you, you know? This kind of thing is probably its own reward, even if you're like, eh, I kind of, you know, jerked around all day again. And it's just like, go ahead. I I think the gym metaphor is perfect here because I'm thinking of, you know, for me, I don't really think that going, if I'm, if I'm going to have a really hard workout, that's not that fun, at least not in the moment. And it feels similar where, you know, if I, so I'll give an example of what this happened. I think in my first meeting with this mastermind group, this is how I knew I was going to be held accountable. I think I set some goal at the end. It was really vague. They were like, okay, Steph, what's your goal going to be? And again, it's about podcasting. And I said something like, I'm going to reach out to uh, ask people to be on my show who I really admire. Like I'm going to reach out to some people who I'm really nervous to reach out to. And the girls in the group, bless them. They were like, okay, who, like, who are you going to reach out to? Yeah. And I was like, how many? Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, (laughs) like they made me name people. And then I was like, oh my God, I have to email this person and this person and this person. And I did it. And I heard back from those people and like, I got great responses from every single one. So I'm like high-fiving with the people in the group because I never would have emailed these people, at least not this early in my journey into podcasting. So it does remind me of like, you go to the gym, you get your butt kicked, and then you're like high-fiving with your with your gym buddy after. It's very mm-hmm. similar where that sort of camaraderie and that celebration, at least for me, for pe- I think, especially if you're someone who's inclined to really crave connection, which everybody does to some degree, some people are more motivated by it than others having people to high five with was like the coolest experience because people are like, see, like you, you're doing great. Like yeah. you want to be on your show. And if I were celebrating that alone, first of all, I don't think I ever would have sent the emails, at least not that early. And secondly, just celebrating it like by myself in my office would have been really lame. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly what you mean by accountability, isn't it? Yeah, right? I think exactly, so, definitely. Exactly that. And I, I do think that, that maybe if people who have never experienced accountability don't know how absolutely butt kicking it is. Like how... Oh my God. And it calls you up a level that is, you clearly already have within you because you're right. capable of it. You are, you're totally yeah. capable of it, but you are not living at that level. 
And mm-hmm. that is what accountability gets you. And, and it is, it's, it's, it's one of the most transformative experiences that yeah. you could possibly have. Now this one, you know, I think you could, uh, have a lack of accountability and still carry on with the meetings and the group for a really right. long time. Yeah. But that's not a success to me in the end, yeah. you know, because yeah. the, the purpose of the group is to help you accomplish things that you might not do otherwise. Yeah. Just like a gym buddy. Yeah. I love that. Okay, cool. So if it's not, if it's not, if you're not feeling the accountability or, or something like it, then something might be off here is what I'm hearing you say, Steph. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that again, this is the, this is the most critical piece. Like the point of this is, and this is what I hope people hear the point of being in a mastermind group. Cause like I started the episode with like, there's experts out there who are telling you to be in a mastermind group, ourselves included. And you might be like, Oh, okay. I need to be in a mastermind group. But this to me is the real, like if I had to isolate one reason why this is the reason this right here is the exact reason is because you are more likely to actually make progress. You are more likely Mm. if you're in the right group to be pushed, to commit to something tangible to then have that be put in writing or you you know more in stone cuz now people are watching you they're going to ask about it next time you see them and you're going to you're going to have to turn up to that meeting and actually like say how it went and you don't want to mm. be the loser who's like well I didn't send the email cuz I was scared you know such so, a loser <laughs> so that is i think that when when, we, when Corbett told us at the beginning of the episode that some people in our community said this is the most powerful thing they've done for their business it is my observation that that is the reason why cuz it actually mm. makes you do stuff yeah, I love that. I love that. And I will say for people who are afraid to join the mastermind groups, there are other things you can do to uh, to to find some of this accountability. I don't think there's anything quite like speaking it out loud to other real people that are either in the room or in the Skype call or something like that. There's just something that's almost like it's almost like it's just a completely different category of experience. However, you can do a few things. Like one of the things that people are finding a lot of success with inside of Fizzle is their progress logs. These are simply a semi, uh, semi-shareable, semi-shared, semi-public thing. Because in Fizzle, you're only showing it to people who are committed and focused on being entrepreneurs themselves. So a lot of people, you can be a little braver in that environment. Um, but you're sharing every single week what you're committing to. And then you're kind of like at the, at the end of the week or at the beginning of next week, you're sort of like catching up on, all right, here's the things that I didn't get done or that I did get done from last week. I learned more on this second than the other. So I actually think I need to double down on this effort. So here's my work for this week, right? Could mm-hmm. be, could take you two minutes, could take you 20 minutes. A lot of people find that it, like people who stick with it, like Paul Foxton in there has like 900 entries or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I was literally just on his progress log. Yeah. It's like, it's impressive. insane. It's yeah. insane, right? And it, because he's finding it as just like, okay, these are the tracks that I'm setting down. And you can see every single track that he puts down, every single like band on the railway. I don't know what they call those, uh, those things. I can't remember right now, but like you can see every single one of them. So anytime you get that discouraged feeling, like I don't even know if I'm doing something right, you can go back and see, well, look how much progress I've made. And that becomes a, an absolutely motivating factor in your life, as well as it's semi-public. So people are coming in occasionally and saying like, oh, I see what you're saying on this, that, and the other. You know, I tried using this instead of that. You might want to think of that, right? You can get a little bit of feedback, which is nice. 
Um, you know, you could also do this with your spouse. Just have your spouse keep you on track if you have something like that in your life or a parent if you really want to complicate the relationship. <laughs> but uh, but I think a semi-permanent or semi, uh, you know, shareable kind of, of way like that, like the like the fizzle progress logs is is another way if you're really introvert, if you really don't want to get out of your, your shell yet, which is totally understandable, that's a way that you can kind of start breaking the seal on that to get, get into a place where you might meet, feel more comfortable being yeah. like, I know where I am. I know where I'm going. I know more what I want. I'm ready for this now. Totally. I think we even had a Fizzle member mention this in response to the mastermind discussion in our forums. And she said, I've been in a group. I like kind of got burned. I don't really feel up for trying to find another group right now. Uh, but I always update my progress log and just putting it in writing and knowing that it might get read. I loved how she put that. She said something like knowing that somebody might read it is enough to actually seeing it go down into black and black and white and actually feel like you've committed to it might be the thing that, uh, you know, puts it out, at least gets it outside of your own mind. So yeah, I totally agree. You don't necessarily have to join a group or if you haven't found the right group yet, you can still, you can still find that accountability with something like a progress log. Love it. That's awesome. Okay. We're getting close to the end here. So we got to go fast on our last one. Yep. Let's do it. So we have for our mistakes so far, wrong format. Uh, I'm sorry, wrong individuals, wrong format, no accountability. And the last one, I think this is probably the biggest issue or at least the number one thing that we've heard is inconsistency is an, is probably the number one issue. I think maybe there's more behind it. It's probably now that I think about it, there's probably more behind the surface level problem of inconsistency. And what this means is people just skipping meetings was like the number one reason cited for, you know, why did your group fail or why did it fizzle out was people just started skipping meetings. People stopped mm -hmm. showing up, um, having a hard time finding meetings that work for people, making that commitment to every two weeks, finding a recurring time, time zones, all of the sort of like logistical stuff that gets in the way, I think is the, is the biggest issue. So here's a quote. I wanted to share this quote from the Fizzle forums. This person in our forum said, people moved on slowly, but steadily. People started to miss meetings. At first it was once in a while, but it became more common as the months went on. Only three of us were regularly attending and this demoralized the group. So mm, that last yeah. sentence really got me, right? Like this, this it is demoralizing to feel like, okay, the other people in this group don't really feel like it's worth their time. There's actually someone else in our forums who said that they were in a group where it was clear that some of the people would be like on Facebook while they were trying to talk about their business. So I think this, I called it inconsistency, but it might also be kind of just like a lack of commitment, getting a group of people together that are all on the same wavelength of being able to commit to this, whether it's time constraints or just taking it seriously seems to be uh, a really big, really big issue for people who've, who've had issues with masterminds in the past. Yeah. It seems like this inconsistency is sort of a function of, of not having, not of, of not everyone being on the same page in terms of commitment to the group, right? Yeah. In terms of, and which, where does your commitment to the group comes from? Where does your commitment to sparkle motion come from? It comes from your heart. It comes from, uh, uh, how much, you know, you need this, right? Your accountability, the thing we just talked about in the last one, it's like, how much do you know you need a kick in the pants a little bit and just some sort of like a regular process of, of accountability. And, and how much do you know this is valuable to you? If you don't know this is extremely valuable to you, you might find it easy to be inconsistent is what I'm, my personal read on this would be, well, right? But there's also the culture of the group. And yeah. this is something that you need to get everyone to agree on and yeah. commit to in the beginning. Uh, in one of the groups that I was in, there were very specific 
steps for removing someone who didn't show up after a certain number of times. You should treat this as though it is uh, a work commitment. Like yeah. you wouldn't just not show up to a meeting that your boss had organized yeah. and, and without an explanation ahead of time. Yeah. So if you're going to miss a mastermind group meeting, it needs to come with, with, you know, some sort a of doctor's or, note, right? Something <laughs> ahead of time saying, Hey, I can't make this meeting. If you don't show up and don't say anything about why you didn't show up, yeah. then we gave people two strikes. If you did that twice in a row, then you were done. Yeah. You were gone. Yeah. And good luck to you. But mm -hmm. the integrity of the group really matters. And we all agreed to this ahead of time. So you know what the rules are mm -hmm. in, in participating in this. Yeah. I think that's, that's a, it's almost like you're imagining this social contract that's held between all these members. Yeah. And that's why I'm so excited about the, the way we've been able to team, like kind of group people together in the, in the fizzle to find these mastermind groups, like Steph mentioned in the beginning, right. we run this brand new pilot program to try to match people. And I'm, I, we've looked at, we've matched all the groups now, or I'm excited about how these things have matched up because everybody here have, has committed the, to, to this, at least to the tune of a certain financial number that they pay just to be involved in, in the running for being matched in the group. Right. Yep. You know, and then we're matching them based on all the, all these things that we've talked about here to the, to the extent that we can based on a result or an answer in a survey, mm -hmm. right? So this is all geared up towards like, okay, you've just been placed into a mastermind group where now you're not here because like, I really like your blog posts. I've been following you for a while. Like we don't know any, we don't know each other here. We're here because we all have the same goal of building a business and earning a living, doing something we care about. And we think that we can give each other the accountability that we need to actually make steps in our business. So it, I'm hopeful that that thing can, that just that process itself can kind of like, like invite people into these groups so that day one, they have that social contract in play, you know, that this is like, this is a valuable thing and everybody knows yep. it, you know, that could be really big. Okay. Steph, anything else on, incons on con inconsistency? I don't think so. I think that was the main thing is just, and I think you hit the nail on the head where the consistency piece probably comes down to gauging the commitment level of the group and making sure everybody's on the same page. I think the social contract is huge. That's something that uh, I've seen work really well too, is even just saying up front, okay, we're commit. Does everyone here commit to the next six months? And then we can reassess from there. Just yeah. knowing that everybody's really serious and on the same page for a certain amount of time, I think um, just helps everybody know that you're on the same, the same level of wanting to get the most out of it. Oh, I love that. All right, y'all, that's it. You ready for ending this one? Mm -hmm. Does it sound like an ending to you guys? I, I mean, are you ready to end? Uh, Steph, is that Steph, everything? Yeah. <laughs> Corbin's like, Steph, he's going to keep talking unless you. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, that is it. That is fizzleshow.co slash, what is this? 219, 219. If you have any questions, if you have any comments you want to add to this conversation, we'll have an article there as well, summarizing some of the quick points about these things that Steph will write up. Steph, you're writing that up, FYI. Fizzleshow.co slash 219. Nine is where you can find all of that. And while you're there, maybe check out our free guides. We have free guides on, you know, on defining your audience, figuring out who it is that you actually serve, on getting your USP, your unique selling proposition put together. We even have, I mean, you can get all of them. They're all, they're all free. We're, they're all free. 
All the guides are free. So get that at fizzle.co slash guides. Fizzle.co slash guides. All right, here's an iTunes review from Nick in the UK who says, this podcast is so good. I listen to each episode twice just so I can thoroughly absorb the content, the energy of how it's delivered, the excitement that comes across from the hosts, and the simple fact that it is going to make me a better entrepreneur. Awesome, Nick. Thank you so much for your review on iTunes. Dear listener, if you're open to it, please, if you like this show, leave us an iTunes review. You can do this in the, in the iTunes podcast app, or if you search on the iTunes store for Fizzle, you'll see our three beautiful faces. Well, you'll see two beautiful faces. Well, you'll see one beautiful face. You be the judge. One, Yeah, you be the judge. That's right. Uh, <laughs> please do so. Just search for Fizzle. Click write a review. Let us know if you like the show or not. We'd love to hear your voice. Maybe read it out on the air. That's it. That's our show. That's everything from today. I hope you guys get into a mastermind group. Hope you can find that because it can be a really powerful tool in your life. All right, y'all. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. And I'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show. Thanks for listening. Bye.